This is episode 15 of the Home and Family Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Jody Chafee. In this episode, I'll be talking about holiday traditions and how they influence our family culture. Welcome to the Home and Family Culture Podcast, where I discuss how families can discover and design their collective vision, values, beliefs, and traditions that influence their family culture. The purpose of my podcast is to interview experts who can offer tips and tools to aid families in the process of developing their family culture, and also successful individuals whose success was influenced by their family culture. For more information or to subscribe, go to homeandfamilyculture.com or you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Family Culture Podcast and on Twitter at underscore Family Culture. You can tune in on my site or on the variety of podcast broadcasting apps like iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn Radio, and even on YouTube. Just search Home and Family Culture with the ampersand between Home and Family Culture. Please remember to like, comment, share, and rate on whatever medium you choose. I would love to hear from you. In episode 13 with Kathy Miller, I talked about the importance of family stories strengthening the family narrative that creates resilience in our families. Stories, memories, expectations, and traditions strengthen the family identity, which shape beliefs, which shape the family culture. In an article on the Art of Manliness website, the McKays talk about the importance of traditions as one of the three pillars of family culture. They have several excellent articles about the importance of family culture, and one in particular about traditions, listing daily, weekly, and monthly traditions that you can implement that strengthen the family culture. Today, I want to talk about seasonal traditions. Halloween is now behind us with its jack-o'-lanterns, costumes, and candy, all great traditions. One of the things I love about Halloween is that it is basically the only time our neighborhoods willingly and gladly open their doors and generously give, and all you have to say is trick-or-treat and thank you. Now we turn our focus toward the holiday season. Thanksgiving is an amazing holiday that encourages gratitude and a recognition of our abundance. I love Thanksgiving because it is purely about family coming together to give thanks and eat good food. If Thanksgiving is stressful for you, evaluate your expectations and traditions and change something because this holiday is meant to be enjoyed. This year, I'm not going to make a turkey. I know that turkey is like the symbol of this holiday, but last year I made a huge turkey and we had leftovers for days. And now I pretty much loathe the taste of turkey. We will have a ham and some chicken for those who eat meat, and I'm preparing my trimmings with vegan recipes for those in my family who prefer to eat that way. Some years, we have picked up our entire meal pre-ordered and pre-made at our favorite grocery store. Some years, we have shared our meal with other families and made it a potluck. To me, the important thing about Thanksgiving is good food and good company. I love to prepare the whole meal, and last year I did just that. But sometimes I recognize that some traditions can take away from the true purpose of the holiday. So if you don't want the stress of preparing the meal, if I didn't want the stress of preparing the whole meal, and that stress is sabotaging the purpose, then I don't do it. I don't deal with that. And so that's what 
I hope to accomplish with this episode of talking about seasonal traditions that we don't have to do what is expected all the time. <laughs> now, Christmas, it's hard to ignore that Christmas is coming. If you go to any major retailer or wholesale store, they have had Christmas trees and decorations and toys out for weeks already. I'm the sixth of seven kids, so I was one of the last people in my family to hold on to the magic of Christmas. While everyone else in my family had given up on Santa Claus, I would stay up late helping my mom wrap gifts. I would never, I could never really give up this idea of giving and getting that perfect gift that really meant you cared for each other. I know that I've received lots of great gifts from my parents over the years, but there just isn't enough time to talk about them, and I wouldn't want to bore you with the details of my childhood. But still, there is this one gift that I got from my brother that stands out as something that was super thoughtful. When I was in high school, I got into classic rock, and I became a big fan of Janis Joplin. I loved singing along with her albums. One Christmas, my brother stumbled upon an action figure of Janis Joplin, and he knew that I would just love it, and he was right. I never actually opened the package or played with it as a doll, the doll, that, you know, as a toy, but it showed me that he was paying attention to what was interesting to me and that he really cared. Christmas has really come to mean to me a symbol of caring and paying attention and trying to figure out what the other person would treasure. If you follow me on social media, you may have seen my post about what I like to do when I'm out shopping with my kids. With the holiday season approaching, it's like kids just know they can start asking for stuff, especially when we go to those retail, you know, wholesale stores where everything has been up for so long. Instead of enduring their gimmies all season or waiting until the last minute to figure out what they want, I have this little trick. When we are out with my kids, they always see something that sparks their interest and they get excited about. At first, they would ask if they would get it. And of course, I cannot get every little thing in the store that they ask for. But I also don't want to have a mega tantrum every time we go out because believe me, it's ugly. In the book, How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk, when kids say something like, I want to fly to the moon or something like that, um, you don't say, oh, that's so ridiculous. You say, whoa, what would that be like? That'd be so cool. Or when they say, I wish we could buy all the toys in the whole store, you say, whoa, what would that be like? That would, wow, me too. That would be so awesome. <laughs> Just last week, my kids had all their Halloween candy in a big pile on the floor, and I announced I was going to eat all the candy and pretend to ravenously shove handfuls of candy in my mouth. And we just laughed and laughed at how silly that would be to eat all of the Halloween candy. So when my kids bounce up to me with something that makes their heart sore, I tell them that I will add it to their list. I have them hold it up without covering their face, and I take a picture, and, and I have it in my photo album from then on. And so then they happily put it back on the shelf. And they're so happy that I took the time to take a picture, and, and they keep asking if they can look at it again and again. And, and so then I have a record of the things that they've asked for, the things that they want. And I have a record of their sweet, smiling faces. And I can send those pictures to Grandma and Grandpa, and they know what will help make their grandkids happy, too. So it's a really fun trick, and, and it's really helped with going shopping to not feel like they have to keep asking, keep asking for things. But that I just say, okay, it's on your list now, and they put it back on the shelf, and it's done. As far as gifts go, I once read that it would be cool to get a thing to wear, a thing to read, a thing you want, a thing you need. You know, if, I'm sure if you're on Pinterest, you have heard that and seen that before. And in theory, that sounds pretty good, but it was like it was too simple or something for us. 
While I appreciate the minimalist approach, it did not end up working out that way for us. We actually ended up getting more that Christmas because we felt like it was like cheating the kids or something. I don't know. So I started thinking about what would work for our family. We don't want to keep loading up on toys, so our policy for gifts has become that we want to get things that we felt would serve our goals and, and serve our family. So each birthday and Christmas, we decided to choose a book, a puzzle, or a game, or project, you know, something that they can work on with their hands, and an experience. One thing, and then one thing that they really want, or like little stocking stuffers or things like that that, that are smaller. This has expanded to in- include something that includes, um, encourages movement and activity. So we get them um, something that's going to get them going, a bike or rollerblades or, or um, a helmet, you know, something, something that encourages them to get out and play. And then the experiences can include anything from concert tickets to class tuition or movie tickets or a date night or a road trip, you know, something that they open it up. And if it's not a physical thing, we print out a picture and that's what they open up and they say, oh, sweet, this is what our experience is going to be. And we, and we plan for it and prepare for that. But they get to unwrap it on their special day and their birthday or holiday. And they know that that's an experience they have to look forward to. We don't need more toys in our house, but my kids always love getting more games, projects, and experiences. So I've created this list. It's called the Toy Free Gift Idea List, and it's on my website. You go to homeandfamilyculture.com and look at the show notes for this episode, and you can get the link for that list. And it's a really mega-long list, and it has ideas from each of these categories that you can pick from, and even... Uh, a list of things that you can get to honor the kids, like if they have a favorite character or things like that. You don't necessarily have to get toys for those characters. Like my kids love PJ Masks or, you know, they these shows, they really love the Ninjago. We love Avatar and, you know, and some of these things they don't even have toys for. So um, you can get, you know, an umbrella or a T-shirt or a lunchbox, you know, those kinds of things that kids get really excited about because it has their favorite character on it, but it doesn't necessarily have to be a toy. And I'm not saying no toys, but it's kind of nice to have some ideas that are not toys so that you can have some options. So be sure to go and check it out, homeandfamilyculture.com and get my list. And if you subscribe, you'll get sent to the list automatically as well. The, the pop-up will come up and you can subscribe and you'll be redirected to the list and you can check that out. Some of the other traditions that we like to do on Christmas are, you know, I love the holiday season, so we have lots of things that I try to plan for without trying to lose the, the meaning of what I want to accomplish. Because to me, the Christmas season is all about, well, it's about Jesus and his birth and the gift that he was to us from God. And so it's about giving and it's about service and uh, maybe doing something for people that who can't do those things for themselves. And I want to create memories and stories for our kids when they look back on Christmas and remember the fun things that we've did. On the first Sunday of December, there's a devotional on the Mormon channel. And so we open up our Christmas PJs and we decorate the Christmas tree and we sip hot cocoa and we listen to the devotional. 
And we also get out our gift for Jesus. We pick something that we can give back to Jesus because he has given us everything. It could be that we want to give up um, a pet sin, or it could be that we want to be extra nice to our siblings, or it could be that we want to be more thoughtful, or, or whatever it is. And we, we write it down, and we put it in the gift, and we put that under the tree. And I'm a big fan of the Advent calendars, so I like to plan out some fun activities each December, like making marshmallows or gingerbread houses, gifts for grandparents, bird feeders, homemade Christmas cards, caramels, cookies. And then I also like to include service projects like collecting donations for a local food bank or taking clothing to the veteran hospital, caroling at the nursing home, or any of the service projects that are listed in the 25 Ways to Light the World site, which I've included in my show notes, a link to that, and also a link to the redheaded hostess uh, interpretation of that list because she has elaborate, elaborated on that a little bit, and it's a really cool list. But it has a lot of Christ-centered traditions on that list. Sometimes it can feel overwhelming to look at the pictures of picture-perfect holidays that are on social media and Pinterest. And we can compare what that looks like to our imperfect reality. And I say enough. Every family has a unique family culture. And when you authentically do what matters to you, your family will be strengthened and your holiday traditions will become something everyone can look forward to, especially if everyone contributes to what those traditions will be. So sit down together and plan out what you want your holiday to look like and feel like this year and in five or ten years, what is really important. What will help convey that message to what, of what is really important to your family? Write it down. Plan it out. Ignore what other people are doing, and you do you. There's so many traditions to choose from, regardless of what or how you celebrate. Sometimes it can feel so overwhelming. Now is a good time to examine your family systems around the holidays. What traditions will serve your family, and which ones won't? What does Christmas or whatever your holiday mean to you? Are you honoring that meaning with your traditions? Your family intentions can include the family culture of this of a specific occasion or an event. Just sit down and start working it out. Thank you for listening and have a Merry Christmas.